Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. Join me as we have a real life discussion on how to change your life by changing your thoughts. Remember, question everything, trust yourself, and find your truth. You're listening to the Create What You Speak podcast. My name is Sloan Fremont, and I'm your host. How often do we say the phrase, have a great day? Have you really ever thought what it takes to actually have a great day? (laughs) How you can set yourself up to make sure that you're going to have a good day and what that might entail? In this episode, we're going to find out exactly how to do that. Joining me today is Jarrett Robertson, author of the book, Make It a Great Day, How to Feel Awesome So That You Can Help Others. We all know there are so many how-to books out there that involve so much time, money, energy, and resources, and this can get overwhelming. It can feel impossible. It can feel like, oh, there's no way I can do that. But Jarrett makes this process simple and fun and shows shows us how easy it can be to take control of our days and actually make it a great day. So Jarrett, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Son. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start out. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what the catalyst was for writing Make It a Great Day? Uh, I mean, I've I've always been known, I suppose, as the rainbow and butterflies guy, which which is fun. And after so many years of growing up uh, hearing that, I, I just started to tune into that a bit more thinking, okay, great. I, I love being happy. So let's continue to be happy. That's fun. I want to be around happy people. So this is fun. Um, when we start, when the pandemic started, uh, my leadership team and my leader, we had uh, these different projects were coming out. <clears throat> I was responsible for, you know, to get to the end of the point, a project called Project Number Four, which was health and well-being. These ideas to send out to, uh, I think there was two or three hundred uh, advisors um, saying, "Here, here." here. And then what I did was I had a client of mine and a friend who had written a book uh, two, three years ago, and he was kept encouraging me. So my, my client and friend who, who I watched him write a book, and then some of these things that uh, started coming out through project number four, which is one of the chapters in the book, right. um, I brought them together and continued to write because it was, it, it was just really, um, I said a lot to say it a lot, I guess I discovered through um, all these people wondering, you know, have a great day or what do I do to work out, eat healthy, all the, the kind of those top reasons. I thought, I know some whys behind this. I'm going to, I'm going to write about some whys, right? right? So that's how it all, it all came to be. Awesome. Well, and what I loved about the book is that, um, like I said in the intro is a lot of this stuff is so simple. It's just the awareness of And I think really setting the intention that you actually want to have a great day, right? Not this cliche thing that we're saying with um, maybe like empty meaning as we leave the grocery store or as we pass by somebody on the street, right? Like to genuinely mean that you want to have a great day. um, The the steps to to do that are actually pretty simple. Yeah. And learning it, right? So the thing when I say to somebody or someone says, have a great day, I go, what? What do you mean have? I, I don't control have go around, have a great day. How do I have a great day where um, I thought, make it, I'll I'll make this a great day. Um, And listen, there's a ton of uncontrollables pandemic, my Lord. I've got two little boys, uh, uh, my wife, work, business clients, the thing there's uncontrollables. So what I wanted to do was try to take back as much control as possible. Say, wait a sec, that didn't go well. Cool. You know, how do I feel about other things? Now let's do this because this will make it better, right? Does it correct? It'll correct it. Does it make it better? Maybe not all the time, but there's things I can do that I know will 
give me a better mood or put me in a better position or make it a great day. And the big ones are, you know, work out, eat healthy, got it, right? Do some exercise, got it. Um, so I wanted a whole bunch of little things that these things we do every day. Here's yeah. why. Pretty neat. Right. And that language, the use of the language is so important. We talk about that a lot on the show about your words have meaning, right? And like you were saying, have versus make one word, one word, but such a difference brings such a different energy to, um, to you as a person, but also to your mindset or to, um, almost having that you're in the driver's seat, right? Taking that control back about how your day is going to go. We all, you know what I, and I've done a lot of research on the certainty and uncertainties. And again, I'm not a big fan of talking about the pandemic, but one of the biggest things I researched through the pandemic was uncertainty and fear yeah. um, and things I've learned more of and learned more of and talked to some people about you know, uncertainty portion is what threw people for an absolute spin. It's still right. sending people for a spin. Right. Um, you gotta, you gotta believe something. Yeah, you have to. Um, if you travel somewhere, you send your, your children to daycare. Like I need some type of certainty. So um, that's been a big one for me is just um, taking back some, some certainty in my life or some control there so that I can move forward. Right. Or, or make it a great day. So um, it's just the ability of this went wrong. Ah, that threw me off. What can I do to make it a great day? So yeah, right. I think that uncertainty part was, was a big, a big help as well. Right. Right. So let's talk a little bit about a typical day for most of us, right? We're confronted with a lot of things, right? News, social media, um, our jobs, our, our families, our schedules. And you have some great insight in the book about how we can choose how we, almost how we approach these areas of our lives, right? Especially social media and consumption of uh, so-called news and um, those types of things. So can you tell us Let's start out maybe talking about, I think everybody knows, but as a reminder, really how these things impact our days, right? Especially at the end of our day when we're getting ready to go to sleep. And maybe also you mentioned in the book about um, hijacking the, in the brain. Amygdala hijacking. Amygdala hijacking. Amygdala hijacking. Yeah. 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 So let's talk a little bit about that, about both of those. So here I, I literally was just researching some uh, and going back, reading some some papers that I've uh, gone through and some presentations. Dr. Daniel Crosby presented to us, uh, I guess it'd be three, four years ago now, um, and he just grabbed my attention. One of the things he discussed was when participants were um, hooked up to an fMRI, so a, a, um, an MRI for your brain, mm-hmm. while they were watching the news. Mm. of the brain responsible for decision-making creative thinking went to sleep like that blew my mind. Right. So I've doing research on this, like uh, who's Dr. Daniel Crosby. Let me read about this more. Um, but right there alone. So basically I see that as this, just, just staring, taking in the information and okay. I don't have to decide. I don't need to think that's the truth. And that's what news has become. I believe um, right. And social media, if, if you're not strong enough mentally to go on and say, wow, you know, um, Sloan and Jared had a great time. Look at their picture on Instagram. And t- wow, they were doing really well. I have no idea, Sloan, how the rest of your day is going to go. I don't know what happened five minutes before this, vice versa for me. But we can be like, hey, smile. Oh, we're, we're doing yeah. great. So the news and social media, I think, has had such an impact on us. And the news for me in general, I, I've, I've questioned, like, why don't we, um, for the last day and a half, my kids and I have been outside 
uh, building uh, fort. My wife, all of us, been out. It's been so much fun. Where's the news on that one? Right. No one's. No one's. No. Why? That's boring. No one's going to watch it, right? Then your ratings go down, and you don't get sponsorship money. Da, da, da. So I get the economic side of it, but it's so it's frustrating to see him. Like the news just give me anything anymore. The weather. Right. I've I've said to my wife, I go. The weather has lied to us for you know a month straight. It's going to rain. Because no, I'm like it's it's really nice outside. What are we What are we doing? And that I guess transitions to the amygdala hijacking part. That you know uh, when I learned a ton about the amygdala, and I love it. You know the examples I have are when have you uh, taken a bite of food in a restaurant? And went oh gross, right? Just you got this emotion because you took right. this this food in your your brain assigned this gross. And you spit, like, oh, that was inappropriate. Or you lash out at your kids, you lash out at your spouse, a colleague, your boss says something to you and you just lash back. So that's the amygdala hijack, just takes control to protect you. So you take in anything from an outside source, hear it, see it, taste it, um, sounds, and then your amygdala assigns an emotion, right? Um, It can go as much as someone saying, you know, I love you. Oh automatically right or whatever it is i hate you yeah. so it'll assign emotion and and then from there you decide how you want to react and if i hear i love you and i go geez that was a reaction i didn't expect or maybe you say i love you back or i hate you and you punch the person geez like you know you could walk away to that so that amygdala hijack is a, is a, it's a pretty cool thing to recognize but the biggest thing to take away there is that you actually can control the reaction and that's huge. It takes a lot of practice, but that's a huge part of emotional intelligence. Let, let's go back to the research you talked about at the beginning there about the, the part of your brain getting turned off when someone watches the news, mm-hmm. the creativity. And the, so mm-hmm. literally when you're watching the news, you're taking it. Is that what this is saying? That it's taken all as truth as what's being presented as truth? That's how I took it. So when I listened yeah. to it, it says, you know, when people were hooked up to an fMRI and they watched the news then the part of the brain, which I'm, I don't know that part, so I'm not going to pretend to be the expert, but the part of the brain that's responsible for critical thinking and decision-making went to sleep. And the way I took that was, okay, so what does, again, the pandemic, what does the pandemic say today? This, 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 numbers, cases, counts, shut down. That's the truth. We're not going anywhere. We're shut down. This is chaotic. When in reality, if you said, okay, thanks for the information, what else can I learn and find and whatnot? Like that's been the biggest thing for 24 months, but that can go on um, the news for uh, anything that you take in. Right. Right. Um, So that's, I think the part that really stood out to me the most was, hmm, and dig a little deeper from there. And really this relates back to the the book for me, Sloan is the, the book, the point of it is for people to go, huh, all right, research more on that, huh? All right, research more on that. And that's, yes, where it started from the book. How it started was a couple of years ago, six, seven years ago. Um, Simon Sinek was introduced to me, his, his why video. And I just, from there, it was, huh, research more, research more. Right. Heard this word, heard that word, research more. So that's the ultimate goal for the book is to say, look, it, here's a lot of things I've learned and that I know and um, that I've experienced. Go ahead, research some more on that, Right. Um, yeah, and I love that because that's not be a telling someone what to believe. It's a here's some information I'm presenting for you, and now it's your choice to go decide what you want to do with it. Right, right. And that um, back I, again, I'm fascinated on this research piece also, and that part of the brain shutting off because 
what I noticed for myself over um, the past two years was that, and I got to this point and I still do this today was what was being presented on TV and what I saw in my reality were not the same things, right? I would, I would see what was being presented on TV, but then I look around or I talk to my friends and I'm like, I'm not experiencing that. Nobody I know is experiencing that. Nobody I know that knows anybody's experiencing that. And so that when we're, when you're talking about that, that, in, that part of our brain, that reasoning part of our brain is being shut off. It's like starting to, um, be able to understand that impact, which it seems like we all know at a, a, a surface level, you know, staring at the TV is, is not good for us. However, we still find ourselves doing it. And so these types of, you know, what you're pointing out in your book about this parts of our brain getting shut off or on the amygdala hijacking, how we can actually, you know, anything we, we consume also, we're going to assign an emotion to it, right? We're mm-hmm. going to be, mm-hmm. um, feel one way or the other, indifferent, you know, unjust, like scared, sad, whatever. But having the, uh, I I think the awareness of this is actually what's going on inside to Mm -hmm. me was like, okay, that's why I do those things. And here's why I'm not going to do those things anymore. If that makes sense. It totally does. And, you know, and to elaborate more on the news idea and this world. So why I, I mean, I haven't watched the news and I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years it's on in places and I see it. Um, and I would argue without knowing all of them or the vast majority of the psychologists in the world, the um, thought leaders, right? The, up to the Tony Robbinses, the Les Browns, the, uh, we have uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson here in Toronto that uh, I follow a lot. I don't think any of them watch the news, but I, I can't speak for them. I would be shocked if any of them did. Here's right. what I think in today's society with, you know, a, 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 at our face, you can find anything. If you want to learn about politics, Google it, type it in, you'll read a whole bunch of things. And then you're deciding, all right, I'm going to go in to learn about a tribe. Tr- what's going on there? I'm going to learn about Trudeau. I'm going to, you know what? I really want to know what's going on in the, pan- the pandemic today. I can figure it out. And then I'm prepared for it. So now I'm just, here we go, right? No difference than um, I'm going to the gym, I'm going to work out as opposed to me going to Sloan's house and you say, Hey, hit the treadmill for 30 minutes, do a thousand. What? (laughs) This wasn't the plan. What are you doing? (laughs) So, you know, you have a bit of control there. And I just think in this day and age, I have this conversation with, with um, the baby boomers all the time, my family, friends, colleagues said, what is it about the news? Well, I need to know what's going on. I'm like, right. Absolutely. I'm okay with that. That's some certain thing. And you've been used to it. You've grown up on the news forever. Totally get it. At what point can you not just go and find out what's going on? At, at, at every second you can. You can ask right. Siri now, right? I can ask Alexa, what's the what's going on today? You can find out the news immediately and you control that as opposed to just staring there and then learning some things like, wow, this part of my brain's turning off. And, and decision-making and critical thinking, some really awesome parts of the brain. Um, and first thing in the morning, first thing in the morning, yeah. you just turning that part off when your brain's ready to be fed all this, you know, positivity and you're giving it crap. Right. And feeding on that. And it it sets the tone. It definitely does not make it a great day when, you know, when you do that. And I used to um, be guilty of that, but I've been um, really conscious of that and really aware that I'm tired of having um, these outside influences that aren't really representative of reality controlling my days, you know, I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm, I'm, I'm done. And, um, so let's go into a little bit, your, your book talks about 
how hormones play a big role in what, in how we feel. And the one that I was, um, there's various hormones that I, um, can't pronounce most of them, but the, the, the hormone cortisol you talked about in the book about, it has mm. a half-life of 18 minutes, which really means that, um, when that flares up it, in the moment, it feels so intense, but how quickly that kind of, um, emotion can fade away if we just give it the time to do so. So can you talk a little bit about how this works and maybe what surprised you the most when you were researching this? 18 minutes. That's yeah. what, that's what I was like, Whoa, what? Um, so here's more of it. So there's, um, your ability to, to the short-term thinking have about seven to nine, um, sort of short thoughts in your head at once. That's, that's a known thing out there. Some have five, some can have a little more. Um, and what that is, is be able to recall information right away. What's on your mind right now. People think they have a thousand things in their mind, but in reality, you have about seven to nine all at once. When you start to become under stress and anxiety, they start to go away, right? So it comes all the way, way down. And the research shows that you're basically in black and white mode. So the best is an argument with your spouse, right? Um, children, I guess, too, but you're being the parent. But I'd say an argument with a spouse would be the best because all of a sudden you get down to this black and white and it's, I'm right, you're wrong. Right. All and or nothing known, thinking. Right. It's a known thing. You just commit to it because you, it's, it's a fearful thing. And you need to win in this moment. And it's, I'm right, you're wrong. If you're able to recognize the conversation and have the maturity, emotional intelligence, be like, whoa, this is getting heated. Explain to me, Sloan, what you mean. I'm not quite on the right path. That takes a whole different path other than getting heated up. So the cortisol thing, you recognize it's raising up. And then the the research is saying, look at, um, let's take a 10 minute break. Let me take a walk. This isn't going the way I expected it to. Um, I really want your opinion on this. I'm just not in the right mind space right now. Okay. Take a walk, see green. And there's some research behind, you know, when you see green, what happens to your, to your mental state as well. But the cortisol half-life um, has about 18 minutes. Now, how much cortisol, what's the stressful situation, all the things, right? I mean, you can get pretty heated at times. People can get pretty heated. I'm not suggesting 18 minutes later, you're good, right? That half-life, right. you might still be super heated, but it was just neat to learn that. Okay. Taking a walk. As they say, take a walk. Right. And, get away and from this whatever is the, it is. Right. And this is the part of the, the book too that I really want to get out there. I was kind of sick and tired of hearing um, my whole life, but now I appreciate it. Robertson, calm down, take a walk. <gasps> <gasps> Don't <laughs> the, tell the me. The best way to get me not right, to calm down right, is tell right, me to calm down. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and what, what's the saying out there in the history of telling people to calm down? No one it has ever calmed down. Right. Right. Exactly. So, but now thinking, you're right. I do need to take a walk. The people saying it didn't know what was going on. So this is the part of the book of saying, you know, when people say take a walk or, or you should say, I need to take a walk. Here's what's going to happen, right? You will actually lower the cortisol with cortisol stress level. And it's a protection. It just, it's there to protect right. you. Right. Right. So, and when you say take a walk and, and see green, are you talking about the color or uh, green? Yeah. Sorry. Green grass, forest. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, there's a there's a research that shows the default mode network in your brain, which there's your brain will do things whenever you're call it daydreaming. I say scatterbrain, right? When you're just sitting mm-hmm. here, do it'll think of the future. So mm-hmm. an hour ago, if I'm scatterbrain, I'm thinking about slowing at eleven. Like I got okay, I got to get things ready. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I was you know I had an errand to do. I went to the bank, so I'm walking. Or it'll think about the past. Yesterday was yesterday. If I said this, that wasn't very good. Or it'll turn on yourself. 
Am I good enough for this? How do I look today? Did I say the right thing? All this stuff, right? So it'll think about the future, hasn't happened yet. Think about the past, gone, or it'll turn on to you. Right. And that's the deal. Unless I give it some direction. And when you start to see green, uh, forest, green grass, just nice scenery, um, it'll actually ground yourself present. And so that oh. was something neat to learn. Yeah, it was something neat to learn too. Like when I literally went out for a bike uh, ride with my kid in the forest, I'd known this and I was it's like, this is beautiful. I'm right here. I can feel myself being right here. I don't even right. want to think about other things. So that right. was kind of neat. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, that, that. I like that. That that stepping away or that um, the nature, right? Being in nature, you open mm-hmm. here, like ground yourself, right? Walking on the grass mm-hmm. barefoot and um, getting away from ourselves to see that what, because often when we're in these, you know, you talked about the black and white thinking, like the the all or nothing, right? We, I, when we get into those modes, um, we are so wrapped up in our own self. We're so tightly wound about whatever it is that we think that we can't get outside of ourselves, right? And stepping away, getting in nature, seeing there's something more than what we're, you know, worried about in that moment is, um, for me, at least it's helped me be like, okay, wait a minute. Like, let me take a step back here. And it it softens myself to myself to let me think of Mm -hmm. other things. How many times have people uh, said, because it's happened to me, um, God, I should have said that. I can't believe (laughs) this didn't come up. You know, I couldn't think straight. I'm like, correct that you were correct. You couldn't think straight. Here's why. And right. dig deeper, right? There may be other issues, but in that moment, boss yelled at you, spouse, work, client said, no, I don't know, traffic, something you got out, you had to talk to someone in traffic and you lose your mind. And so you're right. You couldn't think straight. And then 45 minutes later, two days later, I specifically recall situations being like, oh, I should have said this to Sloan. Yeah. The meeting. I really should have. That would have worked way better. Hmm, next time. <laughs> Because all of a sudden you're calmer, the cortisol's gone, back state, maybe you're sitting on the couch, you're totally chill, and your brain's in a better state. Oh, I should have said this. Yeah, well, you couldn't have at the time because you were kind of heated a little bit, right? Conversation went back and forth. Really need to learn things you got to practice and build on because that's an emotional intelligence skill that you can learn and you can build. Um, There's, you know, like anything, any physical activity, diet, going somewhere, some things are using others. Yeah. And I like that because it, I've often felt in those situations where I wished I would have said something or I should have handled it differently. Then I start the blame game, right? I blame myself. I feel guilty or I feel bad, but what that, what you're illustrating there is that, um, it, it couldn't have happened given the state you were in, right. That, that they, they, they conflict with you, with each other. There's no, so it, it to me, it, 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 there's some relief in that because it takes that, um, that feeling of blame or guilt off of you because you understand physiologically what was going on at the time. Yeah. Your brain's protecting you. Right. Absolutely. And that's what I, that's exactly what I learned about it was in that moment I was heated and and depending on, and it can be as simple as, like I said, uh, in a client meeting for myself, they say no. Yeah. And didn't done all this work and all these things. They say no. And I go, what? (sighs) No, no. Right. Right. And so, okay. You know, help me understand what's going on and you're, and you're a bit more cool. Um, What's going on with you and you figure that stuff out. But and then again, next time, I don't know, you car accident, which is unfortunate. You're, you're heated. Everyone's, um, but who knows in that situation, I think of, I think of fender benders or something. Right. Um, and, and I've been lucky enough not to get an accident, but you get out, you're, you're, you're pissed. People are upset. Right. You get out and you find out that person's trying to race to the hospital to find, to get to a something you go, Oh my God, let me drive you. And so it's, it changes. Right. Um, or it can change if you're ready to say, Hmm, let me figure this out first. 
Right. And then assign to motion. I don't know. Someone comes at me and starts to get upset. Maybe I've got the right to say, all right, I'm going to be pissed as well then. Um, So it's just the ability to uh, recognize that emotion is going to get assigned. It's what the amygdala does. And then how do I react from here? <laughs> right. And you have a choice in it, right? Because often it feels yeah. like we don't. It feels like our emotions just carry us and we're just along for the ride. But what you're talking about, what you're illustrating in the book is how that's that we have, there's a different way. We can do it differently. I love that. That's that's what we talk about on the show. <laughs> different perspectives, different ways mm-hmm. to show up in this world so that we're, um, you know, we're living that life that we want to live. Like what you hear so far? Take what you've learned and invest in yourself with the Create What You Speak Academy. Visit createwhatyouspeak.com to learn more. Now back to the show. Here's a, a quote I was going to think it was for the end. You said, what's some advice you'd want to leave people? So hopefully I'm doing it early, but I, I got to get this out because it's right now. <laughs> yeah. um, the uh, um, Never make a decision when you're sad. Never reply when you're angry. A lot of people know that one. Um, and never make a promise when you're happy. And I oh. consistently make a promise when I'm happy to my friends. Yeah. We're on vacation. Like, I'm going to call you next week. Let's plan that one book of reunion. Let's do it next month. Right. I'll come visit you. Yes, yes, yes. So, and I'm just, cause you're, you're in euphoria, right? So um, that's been, that spoke to me a lot there. Never make a decision when you're sad. Um, never reply when you're angry. And never make a promise when you're happy. No, love I love it. that. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that too. Mm-hmm. Lots um, is happening with emotions there. Lots of amygdala stuff there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's getting, <laughs> um, it's it's a it's a great reminder of that because I'm thinking I've done that too. And I remember over the past two years, my, you know, my talking with my friends, and you know, we'd be in, you know, not be in the best state, mental state. And, you know, the, 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 the statement was always now is not the time for decisions. We're not feeling, you know, whatever we were all working through, it'd be like, now's not the time for decisions. And I, that served definitely served us well, but I like having that those other parts of it too. Cause there's those other emotions that come up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk in the book also about how we should treat sleep as the single biggest championship game we ever played or the single bi- biggest meeting we've ever been a part of. I loved that so much. And every time I get ready for bed, I'm thinking about that. Cause I'm like, cause I do struggle with sleeping. Like I've, I'm sure a lot of people do. And I'm thinking, okay, how can I get ready for this? How can I make this, you know, be like, I'm getting ready for, for something big in my life. So can you explain a little bit about what you meant by that with statements? So the more I read and learned and continue to learn, um, there's some, there's some scary things to learn about sleep as well, which is, which is, I guess, led me to really find the positive because, you know, sleep deprivation over time, over this, I've learned about different careers and jobs that are actually linked to, um, on the same level as a narcotic because they're so (laughs) sleep deprived. And I thought, good Lord. Um, so Dr. Matt Walker was a big one and I know he's renowned and does a ton of speaking. So I try to watch him and, and, and research him and learn from him. So I, there's nothing in your life you'll commit to longer other than just being alive than sleep. Mm-hmm. That's a fact because you're not going to do anything. I don't care if you have a 50 year career you're, it's going to be over, right? And you didn't start that career to your 20. So what'd you do for the first 20 years? There's nothing in your life other than just being alive mm-hmm. that you'll commit to longer than sleeping, not spouses relationships. So 
33% of your life, uh, roughly the eight hours. Um, I, I haven't done the math, but even people say sleep six. Okay. You still commit to that longer right. than anything else. So the 33% of your life, I'm like 33% of your life, just start to do the math. Um, how much did you spend in your bed? 300 bucks, $300, 33% <laughs> of your life, 300 bucks, right? Spend right. 30 grand on your bed. Well, what's it going to do for me? I don't know. Do the research on what do I need? What's the best pillow? How do I sleep? Stuff. And yeah, so the research behind, I just really try to figure out how can I shut it down? And you learn so many things. Sleep to me is the same way as what works for you. Um, big one is don't watch. Uh, don't do screens before bed. Um, okay, now there's blue light filters. So can I do a screen before bed? Because right. there's no blue light. So, right. and then what's the blue light filter really doing? What it's doing is turning off the melatonin in the back of your eye. So it's not releasing the melatonin. Your eyes, your brain thinks it's daylight. I'm like, okay, so the blue light will let my body release melatonin. Is that what this is saying? So can I be on a screen? Sometimes I'm on a screen. I pass out to the TV. I have a sleep. I have a great sleep. Okay. Maybe that works for me. Some type of meditation before bed, reflection, journals. Um, maybe you just pass out. Maybe you're good at sleeping. But yeah, the big thing for me was waking up, having that quality sleep, being able to wake mm -hmm. up at 4 a.m., 6 a.m., 8 a.m., whatever that time is. And, and, being awake, right? You hear people lots. It never made sense to me of, oh, I'm so tired. I'm like, you just slept for eight hours. Right. How are you still tired? <laughs> I don't, I, I, I'm like, what? How? Oh, I need time to wake up. You, you're a, what? So I'm trying <laughs> to figure that out more. I'm like, you've been awake and I get it takes some time. And not that I wake up out of bed and jump, you know, Tony the Tiger. Mm -hmm. But when I wake up, I want to go, all right, I'm awake. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so that's been a big thing for me. Yeah. Like let's, and I think, uh, you know, you allude to the biggest meeting, um, and championships, any athlete would say that for sure. I mean, my past athletic background and from hockey and some guys that I know in pro, I'm like, they you hear eat, breathe and sleep their sport. Um, and they literally, right. They'll do meditation, the, the way they eat, when they, eat, how they eat, time, they eat, how much they eat. Um, getting to the, to the gym, uh, the game, the focus, the everything for this sport or this job that will end, it, it will right. end. Right? right. So I've tried to um, become the best at sleep. And I've tried to say that, you know, in the book and wake up and go like, yes, I nailed it. <laughs> Wicked sleep. It's not going to happen every night. I wake up sometimes I go, ah, I didn't have a great sleep. So What's the next tool? How can I make this a great day? You know, I'm a little, little, little fuzzy today. No big deal. Um, but for the vast majority of time, I always want to wake up and be like, yeah, nailed that one. Yeah, All right. This I is going to be sleep. a good start. Right. Yeah. And I love you talk in the book about how you wouldn't get drunk before the big game or a big meeting, or you wouldn't eat a big meal before you played a big game or, you know, probably went into a big meeting where you had to be on mm -hmm. and, and um, presenting. So the, that, that is such a different and unique way, I think, to think about sleep and really treating it as um, a priority. Right. I know, like I said, I don't sleep all that well. I try different things. I, you know, one for me is the room has to be dark. It has to be, mm -hmm. and I mm -hmm. sleep with a mask over my eyes because mm -hmm. I, I just like that. And, um, what I do before sleep is I listen to ASMR. Do, do you know what that is? It, I listen to this guy called the French whisperer. Oh, right I now. listen to him too. Oh my gosh. Oh. Guy, he tells those stories. Yes, yes, yes. And 
there's, there's so many, you know, and, and I actually, when I first heard about ASMR, I was like, is this for real? Like the tapping mm-hmm. and the scratching, you know, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But now I've found like, I enjoy, like I'm looking forward to getting into bed and listening to that because it relaxes me so much and it calms my mind before I sleep. But I think that whatever that is for, for people, whatever their ritual is mm-hmm. or their nightly routine, making sleep a priority there there's such a difference. Like over the past two years, I, I, I didn't know what it meant to get a good night's sleep until we were actually, there was nothing else to do, but be at home. And I went to bed early because that was it. There was nothing else to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And once I started doing that and I did it consistently, I was like, wow, like I've <laughs> never gotten good sleep. I've never Whoa. had good sleep. And then oh, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to, I want more of this, right? This is such a, this changes my life, right? It's, I feel good. I, um, there's so many positives to that. So once you do it and once you have experienced good sleep, it's like, Mm -hmm. you won't accept anything less. The, uh, the, um, I had so many thoughts there, the sleep, getting drunk, get it. Uh, the ASMR, the tapping you talked about, which oh, is yeah. really cool. Um, and yeah. And for those who so aren't I, familiar with ASMR, they do these things where they'll tap on various things like wood or cork, or like they'll scratch their fingernails on like various materials, which sounds really odd just talking mm-hmm. about it. But when you listen to it, there is a calming, if they're doing it right, there's a calming mm-hmm. effect to that. So I would um, highly encourage everybody to look that up. It's just called ASMR, automatic sensory motor response or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's, like and but, so you mentioned they, so that's what they do in the a- ASMR. There's actually a method out there called tapping, and yes. it's a thing for sleep. Yes, and yes, people look at it. I yes. just started that, um, which is really really cool too. Um, I love. Here's the thing with I'll I'll bulk that all into meditation. Here's the thing with meditation. I think that a lot of people I want to get across too um, is that unlike eating food, right, if you eat healthy food, you might not feel. It, but you eat too much food, you feel full. You can feel it. Work out, your muscles will get sore. Um, what I've noticed with, you know, the ASMR or writing in a journal, you don't feel it. And I think that's where people start to be, I, I don't know what's the difference because you're not going to actually physically feel it, um, yeah. until you're able to really tone into like, I am relaxed. Right. So yeah. the, the ASMR or any type of meditation, listening to something, writing down, um, you got to start to really recognize you know, I didn't do screens and I listened to this ASMR. Didn't like that one. Listen to this one. I fell asleep. Well, let's try that again. Let's try that again. Yeah. Now you're into this, this meditation, call it routine of something that works for you. Um, so that's the one thing I would pass along with someone is when you start these things to find out what it is, again, as simple as writing in a journal, um, which a lot of people talk about being grateful, writing down things you're grateful mm-hmm. for. Um, mm-hmm. So it just shifts your mindset. You're not going to feel that right? I'm really grateful for Sloan for reaching out and having the conversation today. Wrote it down, gone, meant it. Um, with some feelings, happiness, joy, we laughed. Awesome. Done. You're not going to feel that, but at least you didn't sit here and go watch the news and watch something bad. Right. Right. So I think that's uh, the big thing I'd pass along to some people is um, when it comes to the meditation and getting into sleep, what are some things you're doing where you may not feel it, but you're really starting to try to calm your mind down. Um, yeah. And you start to, once you've done that, you start to look for more of that, right? Let's say the journaling, right? You're what you're grateful for, right? You're looking for more of that throughout your day because you know, at the end of the day, Oh, I'm going to write this down. So I want to remember this, you know, so you're, you're going to start looking at things differently because you're not looking at these negative or, um, you know, doom and gloom things You're you're, you're shifting your perspective. 
every uh, every morning is uh, an exercise I do, and it was something that was brought to my attention, so I started doing. I love it. Um, write down it's it's write down three things you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as you know, and I'll sit here and go, I can't think of anything. I'm like, wait a second, coffee. I'm grateful for coffee, running water, socks, and um, a computer. That's it. People go, what do you? I'm like, I, I want to focus. I'm grateful for that. Right. Um, and then I am statements. Yes, I am. <laughs> Which I'm a big statement. fan, right? Yeah, just powerful. And I and I write them down one time. I have a massive poster here that I got made up from uh, my design who designed the cover of my book. So he uh, he made up a poster with me and I am. And it's just simply that. And when people say, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm great. I uh, I am uh, a good husband. I am anything, just anything you want to tell yourself as opposed to, I'm not in good shape. I'm fat. I'm, I'm not a good employee. I'm like, if you tell yourself that you're going to just wired it. So in your own time out loud in the car, which is a huge one for people just say, I am lie to yourself. I am super rich. Perfect. (laughs) Keep doing it. Right. Yeah. I am whatever I say after that. Right. I am literally whatever I say after that. Mm -hmm. And that's um, it's, it's such a short, statement, but so powerful because you'll believe whatever comes after that. So you have the choice Mm -hmm. in in, in that and saying that. And part people, you won't feel it. And that's, I mean, I guess you just got to trust the process. Yeah. Um, I'll give, I'll give kudos to, it's not the first one to come up with it, but Simon Sinek about, you know, when you brush your teeth, uh, I always repeat this to a lot of people, you brush your teeth for two minutes a day. What do you, what do you feel? Nothing. You know, you're not doing anything. Brush your teeth two minutes a day, every day for two minutes, twice a day. You get to the dentist. Wow. You've done well. Right. But he says, if you brush your teeth two minutes a day, go to the dentist six months later, your teeth are falling out. Same with working out. You work out for 20 minutes. You come home. What do you see? Nothing. Go to the gym, work out 20 minutes. What do you see? Nothing. Well, it must not be working. So I'll quit. Right. And that's quote unquote from Simon Snack. But he says, if you continue to work out every day for 20, eventually you'll be in shape and you'll just, then you'll maybe eat something healthy and maybe you go a little harder and lift a little heavier weight or run a little faster. You'll just get better and better and better. And one day you'll be in better shape. That's the idea with, with, you know, the I am statements that you'll follow it and you'll believe it. um, And you'll continue to do the things that will help you get there. Right. Especially if things you, you believe I'm in great shape. All right. You'll get there. Right. Exactly. One of my other favorite examples in the book is when you, you, and you mentioned this earlier about the rain forecast, about the rain weather being wrong most of the time and how um, not only is the weather wrong that often prevents us from doing fun things, but also that voice inside of our head is often wrong too, right? We want to, we have these thoughts that come up and they're just worrying, or I talk about them being on a loop a lot. Um, But your response to that was actually where I got the title for this week, which was when you hear rain, think sun. And I, that was so like, I smiled when I read that in the book because it, 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 it's so true first off, but I think it it goes back to focusing on whatever we, whatever our focus is, is what we're going to get. And Mm -hmm. so can you tell us a little bit more about maybe that voice that tries to stop us? Like, and you mentioned about the need for certainty and stuff like that, but um, what can we do with that voice to make sure we have a great day? So for me is um, bad weather. I don't even know what the bad weather is because people around North America are listening to this. There could be any anywhere. Uh, for me, snow and rain. Rain, who cares? But snow. Um, where's it going to snow? How long is it going to snow? What's how much is it going to snow? Okay. Today, the last couple of days, I mentioned we had record snowfalls in Ontario. We didn't go anywhere. The roads are still crazy. 
Um, but the going up to grandma's place, well, we're not going to drive today. I'm like what, what we're in Canada. We don't have snow plows or how the roads let's wait a few extra hours. And what if we just take our time right. and go safely and get to grandma and grandpa's we're having a great time. So how does that look? And it, can we, can we think of a different way to get there? Um, I, I have two great examples from last summer golfing with some colleagues and some friends. It's going to rain. Okay. How long, where, when, all the things. And wrote a colleague of mine who's coming and said it's supposed to rain. He looks it up and says, it says one centimeter. I've, you know, I've golfed in this stuff. We go, it does not rain. <laughs> I, I think it was overcast uh-huh. and it was gorgeous. And we were all like, should we, should we not? Should we not? Should, should we? Like, come on. So, so it's just digging a little deeper than it's going to rain. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And, and learning enough about rain last summer from, from buddies from golf and stuff, like it, it could bypass your golf course. It could bypass your area because raining means it's going to take up this area and it, but it's only going to rain over here, but it's, it's the whole area is, is taken into account, right? It's going to rain in Nashville. No, it's going to rain downtown. Right. I'm out here. Right. <laughs> it, it's it rained downtown. I always won't go downtown. So right. um, I think for Ms. got the information. I get it. Right. Here comes the emotion. What's going on. Let's think a little further, do some research. I really want to go to the zoo. I really want to go to the park today. I really want to go to grandma and grandpa's. So can I make it a great day? Can I shift that and get there? Maybe not. But it's just not taking it and saying, oh, okay, thanks for the information. You've made my decision for me. Right. And close the door. Right. Because sometimes it feels like that's an excuse. Right. Well, I'm not going to go because it's supposed to rain or I'm, you know, we limit ourselves or we tell ourselves these stories of why we can't do what we want to do and blame it on some outside influence. When in reality that again, that outside influence, be it the weather or even, you know, the voice in our head that's telling us these things like you can't have this or you're not good enough or, you know, whatever the story is. Sometimes it's um, we need to question those things. We need to start really pushing back in our, our mind. Like, is that really true? or am I just making an excuse to not, um, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll allude to, uh, my position on the pandemic for 24 months with a lot of people, cause I've been in the position of learning from the whole time. I'm not the expert. Um, the experts are, sorry, the experts are speaking on camera, which is fantastic, but listening to everyone, um, and their opinion and get, um, you're absolutely entitled to your own opinion. What you're not entitled to are your own facts. What I found in the last 24 months that people are uh, becoming more entitled to their own facts. Great. So my position there was just learning. So who'd you learn that from? This person. Who's that person? Okay. Uh, tell me more about them. Well, what makes you believe that person? And just get him to open up because I want to learn. Um, yeah. And the other one was the fear side of it and the uncertainty side of it, which has been enormous, was, <clears throat> okay, so if you get covid what happens? Okay. Okay. And then what happened? Okay. And then what happened? And okay, keep going. And then they're like, so, so let me understand this. If you get COVID, you will die. That's where you brought me down that line. I'm like, do you see where I'm going here? I'm like, there's, of course you'd be scared. I don't blame you. <laughs> right. You've taken your story from here to, I will die. Cause right. I've got you to take me along that journey. Not saying you're wrong, but that's the journey is inside your head right now. You get COVID you're dead. So that's scary, like anything, right? 
um, now back up and trying to learn because I want to learn that stuff. So there's been a big position for me and, and a big learning curve the last 24 months of just saying, hold on, tell me more about what you know. I don't know everything. Of course not. Yeah. Asking the questions. I, I used to, one of the taglines of the show used to be question everything, uh, trust yourself and find your truth. Like, um, so I think questioning is, is definitely, and we, we could talk for hours probably about a lot of this, but unfortunately we're coming up at the end of our time. Um, mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. guest this week has been Jarrett Robertson, author of make it a great day, how to feel awesome so that you can help others. And I know you mentioned what your, I, cause the question I always ask at the end of the show is what's one piece <laughs> of advice you'd like to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, with the listener. So I know you mentioned it earlier, but maybe you want to mention it again. And if there's anything else you'd like to add, you know what I, I it's because I read it and reminded me. So the, the one I mentioned earlier about never make, uh, never reply when you're angry, never make a decision when you're sad and never make a promise to when you're happy. But what I will leave people with uh, some advice that I love is make yourself laugh uh, in a day. And that's a chapter in the book. It's the first chapter. Um, and, and the point of that is even if, you know, there's some struggles going on, if there's something dramatic going on, I get it watching a YouTube clip is not going to change the world, but I just grab a YouTube, grab something and laugh for that 30 seconds in a car, even if it's inside, because there's things happening inside your body that are beneficial for your health. So that'd be a piece of advice is just watch a quick YouTube and listen to something for again, 30 seconds, um, huge benefits for the day. So yeah. And it feels good to laugh. Just feels Mm -hmm. good. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Jared, I want to, well, or thank you for being on the show this week. It's been so great talking to you and and learning more Mm -hmm. about your book. Thank you so much, Sloan. You've been listening to the Create What You Speak Speak podcast brought to you by webtalkradio.net. You can hear the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and your favorite podcasting platform. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join me for the next episode of the Create What You Speak podcast, where we will continue to free our minds so we can live the life we're meant to live. Check out my website, sloanfremont.com, to learn more. 